0: Well, good morning. Last week, um, how many of you were here last week? Show of hands. We had an awesome week last week. We had a guest speaker with us. His name was Jerry Armelli. And um, he gave an awesome testimony about how he was searching and found God in the process and how, how he was searching for meaning and for love. And, and through his search, he came to God, and God gave him life. And um, it was an awesome story. Jerry, if you missed it, um, had, had a struggle with, with homosexuality and feelings of that, and he always struggled feeling like he was never good enough and that he could never find the love that he needed. And essentially what happened is he found God, and God gave him that love and that grace. And so his story was awesome, and I just want to challenge you, if you weren't here last week, I want to challenge you. We have it on the website, actually, the the message from last week. It's wcnaz.cc. You can probably find that in your worship folder, but get on there and listen to it. It's an awesome story of God's grace working in Jerry's life. In addition to that, on Sunday nights, Jerry is doing a four-week series. He started last week. He'll continue tonight, and then for the next two weeks, a series on how we deal with the issue of homosexuality um, in others' lives, in our own lives, and in the church. And so if you're interested in that, that's at 6 o'clock on Sunday nights in room 513. You're welcome to come to that. And also at the end of that, if you don't have the opportunity to make it, that'll be on the website as well. And so Jerry's uh, message was, was a great message of God's grace. And that, today we're going to kick off a two-week series called Grace and Truth. Grace and truth. And this backs up perfectly to Jerry's story because Jerry's story was all about God's grace and then the truth that God called him to. And so I want to talk a little bit about that with you today. And, and last week as I was listening to his story, as I was listening to his testimony, I couldn't help but think that's not something that I've ever dealt with or been comfortable with or had issue with. But as I was listening to Jerry talk about his struggle and his searching and, and, and how he just didn't feel good enough, I, I couldn't help but think, I've been there. I've been at that place where I'm searching. I've been at that place where I'm struggling, where I'm trying to find out where my value comes from, who I am, what, what my purpose is. And I think if we're all honest, we would all admit that we've been there. We've all been searching and so the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about grace and truth. Today, I want to talk about God's grace and God's truth for us as individuals. And then next week, I want to talk about how that grace and truth impacts the way that we treat others as individuals and as a church. And so today, God's grace and truth for us, like I said, we're all searching Mankind is searching, and mankind has been searching for a long time. Uh, the other day, I typed in a Google search, searching the meaning of life, and I came up with all sorts of questions. I mean, there were, there were um, blogs, and there were message boards, and there were chat forums that were full of questions like this. Why do I feel empty? Why do I feel like something's missing in my life? Everything seems like it's good in my life, but I still feel like something's wrong or something's not there. I mean, tons of questions of people that are searching for meaning and for life. And I think we're all there. In fact, how many of you are U2 fans in here? How many of you like u 2 songs? Okay, not many. All right. well, <laughs> Not many U2 fans. That's okay. They have a song, you may have, you may have heard it before, um, called I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. And that whole song, they talk about, I have, I have searched, I have done this, I have done this, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. This is a, this is a common theme in our lives, that we're searching. So where are we searching? Where do we search for this meaning, for this truth, for this life? Well, I think we search um, in our relationships and acceptance. I don't know about you guys, but in my journey, in my life, a, a big part of my life, I've spent searching for acceptance from other people. And as I grew up, especially as I was younger and was growing up, you can look back at my life and you can see the different times of my life where I was trying to be something that would be acceptable and loved by others. And so I'm going to get through this real quick. I joked about this last night, but in grade school, it seemed like the cool thing to be smart, and so I was smart grade school, Alex, and I made pretty good grades, and it was good because people like smart kids in grade school. At least they used to. I don't know if that's the way it still is. Then I got to junior high, and all of a sudden, it wasn't so cool to be smart all of a sudden, like, the smart kids weren't the cool ones, and so all of a sudden we saw this change in, in smart Alex, and I, I went from smart Alex to angry, mad, rebellious Alex, and all of a sudden this new Alex came on the scene that's very worthy of making fun of, and that is heavy metal Alex. <laughs> can, you, can you picture me, like, heavy metal Alex? You get that picture in your head? I mean, this, this young teenager who was trying to fit in with his friends. And, and totally changed who he was to try to get that acceptance. And, and then high school came, and it was all about sports and athleticism. And I was an athlete, and I was on the basketball team, and, and I thought that my value and my identity came from, from athleticism. But as you can see, I didn't make it that far there. And, and so I was on this search for acceptance. Maybe you can track with that, maybe not. I think we search for, uh, for life and for and for love and for purpose and, um, and power. I think some people seek power for, for their purpose. They think if I can get power, if I can get control, if I can be in charge of people, then I'll be good, then I'll be valuable, then I'll be right. I think some people are searching in success. If I'm good enough at what I do, if I'm successful enough, then people will love me, then I'll be who I need to be, then I'll have value, then I'll have worth. But if you're thinking along with me here, these things, they don't give you purpose in life. They might for a short time, but they're temporary. In fact, how many of you have trophies sitting at home? Somewhere in your house. Maybe you've thrown them away by now. I have a storage room in my basement and it's filled with all of the junk that we have, tons of junk, and in the back of it somewhere are a few trophies. The few trophies, not a lot, a few trophies that I earned that I was successful in something, and earned these trophies. And now what are they? They're they're storage room dust collectors. Success is fleeting. It doesn't give you that purpose and that meaning that you're looking for. Some people are searching for that purpose and for that meaning and for that love and that value in money and in material things. Like, this thought comes to your head all the time. I know it does because it comes to mind. Like, if I could just have that amount of money or if I could just have that, then everything would be easier and life would be okay. If I could just win that $250 mega-million lottery thing, then everything would just, it'd be fine. I'd be good. I'd have everything I ever needed, right? But do, do you guys know anybody that's obsessed with money that has enough of it? I mean, nobody has enough money. The people that are most obsessed with their money are obsessed with getting more of it. In fact, um, ESPN did a, a short video not too long ago that, called Broke, and it was chronicling NFL players that made millions of dollars and how just a few years after they got out of the NFL... They were broke. They lost it all. Money, things, they're temporary. How many of you have an iPhone? Okay. All right, that's lower than I thought it would be. All right, you, you get that new iPhone. iPhone 7 just came out, is that right? I'm usually like two behind, and I've got a five, so I think they're on 7. And so iPhone 7 just came out, and we see it, and we're like, oh, I've got to get that new iPhone. That, that's the best. If I get that, then I'm with it. And you get it, and six months later, 7S comes out. Or eight comes out, and all of a sudden that, that iPhone that you thought was going to give you something is like those trophies. It's, it's not worth much. And, and so things and money, we, we search in things and money thinking if we get that, we'll have purpose and value in life. But they're temporary. And they go away. Some of, us, some of us search for this in love, and this was where Jerry's story was so powerful last week, that he spent his whole life thinking that he would never be loved the way that he needed to be loved, and if he could only find that true love, then everything would be okay. And the truth of the matter is, in our relationships with each other, and healthy relationships are important. We just wrapped up a series on that. But, but relationships in themselves, your love with your spouse or with a significant other or with a friend will never be enough to give you the value you need. Only the love that Jerry found from God can give you enough. Some people are looking in, in, in their self, in their looks, in their appearance, if I just can be attractive, if I can lose a little weight, if I, can, if I can get in better shape, if I could get this surgery, if I could get this haircut, like people look at me and they'll like me and I'll be valuable and I'll be someone. and we can spend our whole life trying to be good-looking and, and attractive and, and likable to other people. But guess what? And this is the good news for you ugly people out there, and me, me and <laughs> me too. Looks fade away, and so someday we're all going to be on an even playing field, because no matter how beautiful you are, there will come a day when you're not so beautiful looking anymore, and so I don't know which camp you're in, the beautiful or the not so beautiful, but either way, you're going to be together someday. We're all on the same plane, so that's the good news for you today, if you're not so good looking, but we're searching in all of these things. In fact, um, commercials, products, movies, songs, they all echo this searching that we have, commercials are designed to prey on your searching for value and for love and for acceptance. Think about the commercials you th- see. Think about the ads you see. Magazines that show us the perfect image of what we should look like. If you look like this, this, is, this is you need to look like Brad Pitt because he's so good looking, right, if you're a guy. And so, but, but we all, how many of us in this room look like Brad Pitt? If you think you do, then... Hey, Lowell Flint, thank you. I'm calling you out on that one. Lowell Flint. Not far off, buddy. Um. But, but these magazines show us a picture of us, and, and they prey on our desires, on our searching. Like, if you can just become this, then life will be okay. Think about car commercials. If you can just get this car, then you're elegant, and you've made it, and you're successful. And it brings me back to the Saturday Night Live skit so many years ago, where, where the family's yelling at each other at the table, and the dad says, I drive a Dodge Stratus. I drive, like, like, that car makes him who he needs to be. And so commercials, Nike and Adidas, think about these taglines, impossible is nothing, that's Adidas. Just do it, Nike, like if we can be productive, if we can get things done and be successful, we'll be who God needs us to be, or we'll be who we need to be, and we'll have value, and we'll have life. You're going to like the way you look, men's warehouse. This is, this is what you need, you need to look good, you need to buy our suits, And so there's this idea that we're searching in all of these places for value, for peace, and for life. And if you're with me here today and you've searched in those places, and I have, I promise you I have, you always come to the same place, and that's that they don't give you what you need. In fact, if you think about these things we just talked about, the people that have them the most most of the time, end up in the same place that we are, searching. I think of Robin Williams, the actor that died in the last couple years. And, I mean, he was loved by everyone, and he was successful, and he had money, and he had all these things that we tend to think can make our life better. And at the end of the day, he was broken, and he was lost, and he didn't have what he was looking for. I think of NFL players that are so good at at, at what they do and they're successful, but then they walk walk away from the game and they don't know what to do with themselves. Or a guy that's been so good at his job or a woman that's been so good at her job and they've worked so long to achieve a status or something like that, and then they walk away and they don't know what to do with themselves because their identity was wrapped up in something that was temporary. These things that we're searching in are temporary And at the end of the day, something is missing. And to be honest with you, it's been missing for a long time. We are messed up. We're broken. We're lost. And we're searching. And like I said, this has been happening for a long time. In fact, if we go back to the very beginning of the Bible, to the book of Genesis, we see where this all started. And so we see that God creates man in his own image, and he puts man and woman in the garden together. And so we have this beautiful picture of the Garden of Eden, and man and his creator, and they're living in harmony, and man is, it has everything figured out. But then a little lie, a little deceit comes into the picture And we see that a serpent comes in and tells tells the woman, like, hey, if you just eat this fruit from this tree that you're not supposed to, you can have something better. And all of a sudden, this lie creeps in, and the woman and the man, they, they take the lie, and they choose their own path, and they take the fruit. At that point, we became broken. We as humanity became broken. And ever since that moment... We've been searching. We've been lost. In fact, Romans chapter 1, verse 25 says, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. And so the truth that this is talking about is that God created man and gives us this paradise, and that if we live in communion with God, we have everything we need. But the lie is that, hey, there's this thing, that if you, if you go with this, you can have something better. That's not good enough. You need this over here. And so the lie crept in, and they exchanged the truth of God and paradise, worshiping God the creator for a lie, and they began to worship created things. So the things we were just talking about, possessions, material things, power, success, things that are temporary, not eternal. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. The truth is, we've bought into that lie. And and when we talk about sin here in the church, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about buying into that lie and worshiping something other than what we were created to worship. And so Romans chapter 3, 23 to 24 says, For we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all bought into this lie that we can have something better, that we can do something on our own, that we can be something that's good enough and that's whole and at peace. And it's a lie. We can't, those things are temporary. You can't be good looking enough to have value on your own. You can't be good enough to have that value and purpose on your own. And so we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the truth of the matter is we're searching in all the wrong places. We're worshiping all the wrong things. Well, I I thought about this. This can go two ways. And I think there's probably two types of people here in the sanctuary today. Maybe some of you here today haven't, haven't felt God's love or God's grace in your life and you've been searching in these things that we talked about. And you feel broken and you feel lost and you just feel like You need something different. You're one of those people that that could identify right with the people on that message board of, like, something's missing. Something's not there. And the lie that you've bought is that you can find something in yourself. But I think there's another group of people here that I think I fall into the category of as well. And that's people that have bought the lie that by being good and being righteous and, and being good Christian people, that we can earn God's love. That God's grace is dependent on our actions and our goodness and our not sinning. And that's a lie just the same. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I get into the habit of thinking, hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm not like those people over there that disagree. I'm not like those people that struggle with that. I'm pretty good. I've been at church quite a bit lately. I go to Sunday school. I, I go to Connections. I was even there on a Wednesday night. I'm a good Christian. God should love me. And we start to believe a lie that somehow we can do something, even good things, to deserve God's love for us. A book I've been reading by Caleb Kaltenbach says, uh, if we don't understand who we are and how much we rely on God's grace, we can't be a people of grace. And we're going to come back to this next week because we're going to talk about the way that we treat others. But if we lose sight of the fact that we wholly have to depend on God and God's grace is not something that we can be good enough for or we can earn, then we can't be the people that God created us to be. And so Romans 5, 6 through 8 says this, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you hear that today? You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be good-looking or rich or important or powerful. While we were still messed up, Christ died for us. God's love is for you, regardless of where you've been. While we were still messed up, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how much God loves us. And so we've been searching our whole lives, and we've been searching in the wrong places. And even here in church, sometimes we're searching, trying to be good enough for God's love. And Romans 5 there says, you're good enough. God loved you before you ever even started trying to be good enough. This is God's grace that we're talking about. We don't deserve the life that we get to live. In fact, in, in chapter 6, Romans says, The wages of sin is death. And so, if you go back to we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, then we all deserve death. We don't deserve forgiveness. There's nothing we could ever do to deserve God's forgiveness because we are broken and we are lost. We don't deserve the love that God gives us. But God loves us so much. God loves you so much that he loved you when you were messed up, when you were an enemy, when you were working against him. God loved you. And so hear me very clearly today, church. Whether you're searching in material things, whether you're searching in the things we talked about earlier, or whether you're searching in your own goodness, You cannot do anything to deserve God's love and peace. It's yours, and it's free of charge. Which brings me to Romans chapter 6, verses 8 through 14, and it says this, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over Him. The death He died, He died to sin once for all, But the life he lives, he lives to God. Now going on, this gets personal here. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. And so we started with God's grace that's offered us fully and freely to each and every one of us before we ever deserved it. And that's God's grace, but now comes the true side of it. And that's that because of God's grace, we need to offer ourselves to God count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. So verse 10 says that Jesus died to sin once and for all, but but the life he lives, he lives to God. And so the life that Jesus has is fully given to God. His life, the life that that, that God has given him, he lives for God. Then in verse 11, it says, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Count yourselves. The word there used is, I'm probably going to butcher this, but um, logizomai le, or something like that. And it, it, that's the Greek word, but listen to what this means. And I'm sorry for the pronunciation, I'm not Greek. Um, listen to what this means. Think think of yourselves. Regard yourselves. Maintain for yourselves credit yourselves, consider yourselves, keep a record for yourselves, claim for yourselves, expect for yourselves, realize for yourselves, hold on to yourselves that you are dead to sin. Count it. Put it on the board. You are dead to sin today because of God's grace. Count it for yourself. Verse 12 goes on to say, so get rid of sin, You don't need it anymore. You don't need the lie that you've been told that you have to chase after these things to be good enough. You don't need it. Get rid of it. You can live free. And then verse 13 says, offer yourself to God. The life that God has given you, offer yourself to God. Romans 12 later says, this is your act of worship. To give yourself to God. And so God has graced us and God's grace is freely given to us. But our response is to offer ourselves to God. Sometimes we think that not sinning is our way of earning God's grace. But we have it all wrong. Not sinning is not our way of earning God's grace. Not sinning is our way of worshiping God because he's given us his grace. C.S. Lewis says this, "...to have faith in Christ means, of course, trying to do all that he says. There would be no sense in saying you trusted a person if you would not take his advice. Thus, if you have really handed yourself over to him, it must follow that you are trying to obey him, but trying in a new way, a less worried way, not doing these things in order to be saved, but because he has begun to save you already." Not hoping to get to heaven as a reward for your actions, but inevitably wanting to act in a certain way because a first faint gleam of heaven is already inside of you. And so our our response to God's free grace is to offer ourselves, to get rid of sin, and to live free. That's what God wants for you today, to be free of all that junk, to be over the bondage, and to live life to the fullest for God. We get rid of sin not so we can be good enough to earn God's grace. We get rid of sin as an act of worship and a response to God's grace. Here's another quote, and this this one's really awesome for what we're talking about today. It says this, The more we let God take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. Because he made us. He invented us. He invented all the different types of people that you and I were intended to be And it is when I turn to Christ, when I give myself up to his personality, that I first begin to have a real personality of my own. In other words, if you're searching for yourself, if if you want that value and that life, when we turn ourselves over to God, we get the life that we're searching for. I've got good news for you today. Regardless of where you're at today, God's grace is available here and now, and there's nothing you have to do to earn it. God loves you and has paid the price for your sin and your shortcomings already. And some of you here may be feeling like you're struggling as a Christian, like, I believe in God, but I'm struggling because I feel like I, I'm never good enough, I'm not doing enough, I'm, I feel like I'm struggling and I'm just banging my head against the wall over and over again because I can't be who God wants me to be. And God's grace is here for you today. You don't have to be good enough, you have to offer yourself to God and let God change you and let God give you life to the fullest. And so in response to that grace, in response to that good news, We're to offer ourselves to God. And so the band's going to come up right now and we're going to sing a song. And I want to challenge you as we sing the song to be thinking, to be praying. Maybe you find yourself here today and you don't know anything about this God that I'm talking about and you feel like your whole life has been an, an endless chasing of something that continues to leave you broken. And if that's you here today, You can have God's grace. You have God's grace. It's available to you. And if you have been a Christian for a while, but you've fallen into the trap of feeling like you've got to earn and be good enough, you don't have to be good enough. You don't have to earn that grace and God's love. You just give yourself to God. So as we sing this song, think about where you're at. Think about the lifelong struggle that you've had to search for purpose in life and know that there's a God right here that wants to give you more than you ever desired. There's a God here that wants to give you life to the fullest and all you have to do is accept it. The altars are open if you want to pray. If you want to pray where you're at, that's fine. But let's go before the Lord now.